And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. He's Will Guillory. Brian Smith's producing. We are here to talk about the new Kendrick album. What else are we talk about here on the Daily Ding? But first, before we do that, let's get into the NBA. Miami Heat, they went to Philadelphia, and they beat them, and it's over. They won 99-90. to Miami Heat heading to the conference finals. Jimmy Buckets, 32 points. 23, I think, in the second half. He didn't do anything in the second quarter and then, like, scored, like, every other possession in the entire second half. He either scored or dimed. Like, it's, like, evenly spread out every single damn time. He was absolutely phenomenal. Meanwhile, Miami had a plus 16 rebound advantage. I mean, they just kind of eviscerated Philadelphia all over. Yeah, it was just, like, just a typical tough Miami game. They were flying around on defense. Effort was crazy. I think the number one headline coming out of this tomorrow is definitely going to be Max Struess. I don't think we're going to talk about anything going on with Philly. The biggest storyline here, Max Struess, 20 points, 11 rebounds, splashing threes. Everybody was screaming for Duncan Robinson to come in when they already had a hero right there and Max Struess. So shout out to him. And just shout out, man, Miami wanted this game. And those guys on the other side, they just looked like they were ready to go home. That's for sure. Oh, they really were. Sorry, it was a a 14, plus 14 rebound differential there, according to my actual official box score. Max Truce is, it's such a weird year. So Duncan Robinson plays four minutes in this game. The dude just got his five-year deal. Max Truce plays 40 minutes in this game. Had a zero on to the end of that. But he went six for 14, had 11 boards and five dimes. He's a killer. Like, he's, you know, he's not good enough to be consistently dangerous. But the dude is a killer when he's really on. He's tough as hell. He he makes his shots. Uh, you can see why they wanted to lean more towards him than Duncan Robinson just because he just does a little bit more. Like, he's not a, as deadly a three-point shooter as Duncan, but he can get to the rim some. You see he's getting on the boards. He's playing some defense. And, man, Miami, they just find these guys. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> they just go into these little empty gyms, and they just find these dudes who can play 40 minutes in a closeout game. It's crazy. Shit, man. I covered Max Struess, and he was a rookie in Boston. The dude, like, he was – I'll give him credit. He was always a killer, but he was not that great. I remember at Summer League last year, I was sitting with uh, with one of his trainers, and it was like a sudden death play in, like, overtime or after overtime, and – as soon as Struess gets the ball, the guy turns to me. He's like, "Oh, he's shooting this." As soon as he get, as soon as he gets, he's shooting this. And Struess like literally just like walked right down the floor and just like chucked up a terrible shot. Of course, it went in because that's Max Struess. Hey, you gotta have that ultimate confidence, man. What they say, shoot or shoot. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay, so Miami's defense has just been unbelievable. They held Philly under 100 points again. Held them to 90 points, even. Like, what what is Miami doing defensively that just makes them so dangerous? 
I mean, it's got to start with Bam, right? His ability just to do so many different coverages from as a big man, be able to switch. He can hedge. He can, you know, drop. He can do a little bit of everything, and he's attacking the boards. Uh, of course, Jimmy Butler is amazing as a perimeter defender. He's able to get so many steals and stuff like that. And I think it just got so many smart guys. They got supposed so they 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 know how to attack these teams. They know how to you know switch their game plan during the course of a game. So yeah, they're extremely dangerous. And I think that's where it kind of starts for them. When they come to these big games, they know they can come in and lock guys down, whether it's Embiid or anybody else. They feel confident that they can come in with a game plan and really shut the other team down. And that makes them dangerous in any matchup, man. I think it's going to be fun to see what they look like in the conference finals because they're going to be undermanned whether they're going against Boston or Milwaukee. I think people are going to look at just the rosters and be like, okay, of course Miami is going to lose. But Miami just has that thing with them where they can just kind of figure it out over the course of a series and you saw it against philly where it seemed like the mb matchup was going to be a little bit too much but then they just kind of figured it out and they just got a little bit better each game going against him and then tonight i thought they were great they just kind of brought the fight to him and he was just kind of on the floor the entire game it seemed like every other play mb was on the floor arms and legs stretched out you know just waiting for a call or something and, and like i said man miami brought the fight and philly did not philadelphia 76ers they brought in James Harden earlier this year. Daryl Morey said he had his basketball Jesus reunited with him. And Harden ends this season with zero points in the second half. Played the whole second half pretty much. Didn't have a single point. After the game, Joel Embiid said that we know that he is no longer the James Harden of Houston. He's more of a playmaker now. More of a playmaker, I don't think it was a clarification. It was more of a couching for him saying he's no longer the great James Harden. That seemed apparent. There were moments in the series where he looks phenomenal, and he won them some games. But to end it like that was just devastating for a team that like had their big chip to cash, and they cashed it in on him, and he just wasn't enough for them to get it done. Yeah, I'm proud of us for giving Miami their flowers to start this pod because they deserve it. But, the, I mean, the biggest story tonight is no question James Harden and just another. Oh, we're a glass half full kind of show. Hey, always. Come on now. And, but, I mean, just him imploding once again in a big game. I mean, it's crazy. We just keep doing this year in and year out with James where he's just finding a way just to look worse and worse in these big games. And, I mean, two shots. Jared, two shots in the second half and one of them didn't even really count it was like a minute and a half left the game was already over and he jacked up a three-pointer and of course he bricked it i mean i just don't get it with with james harden it's like how, how do we keep doing this with him it's like i can understand if you're bad just go out firing man just like two shots in a closeout game where everybody every you know all eyes are on you in the building you know that, you know, all the pressure is going to be you if this season ends and, you know, you're the guy who messed up and now you're going to go into the offseason asking for a new contract. Uh, it's crazy. And, uh, man, we've talked about it before, but Philly is in a really tough spot right now because it's like, do you really want to pay this dude and, and invest in him being the guy next to Embiid? I mean, with the way he looked tonight, certainly not. I wouldn't want to give that guy a max. And uh, if that's the case, how much do you pay him? How much do you commit to him? And if he's not willing to take that, uh, what happens if he just walks for nothing? I mean, that'll be a complete disaster for Philly as well. So, yeah, it's just all bad right now. And, and I wrote down during the course of this game, and I, I just felt bad for Embiid and Maxi because those dudes were playing hard. I'll give them to that. They, they, they played hard. They played like this was a game six, and James was just kind of out there chilling. <laughs> you know, swinging it to the other side and kind of watching those guys do that thing 
which is insane when he's supposed to be, you know, the max guy they put next to Joel Embiid. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. James Harden did say after the game he plans on exercising his option. He said, I'll be here. Whatever allows this team to continue to grow, get better, and do the things necessary to compete at the highest level. And then... Harden said the ball didn't get to him and asked if Doc Rivers called plays for him. He said, next question. Come on. We know Doc Rivers is getting fired. <laughs> like, this ain't happening. I love how Philly fans are calling for Jay Wright to replace him, which is fascinating. I would lo- I mean, I would love to see that. You know, Jay Wright, for people to know, he was the Villanova coach forever. He just retired. So I'm sure he wanted to enjoy his retirement by taking over the most – one of the most contentious organizations to try to take over right now in the NBA – I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to look with Mike D'Antoni running the team next year. I'm excited to see it. Or maybe Doc stays. But Doc got really defensive when asked about very defensive. if he should be a coach. Yeah, which is so on brand for Doc. Never changed. My favorite thing was there's this one quote I think Kyle Newbeck tweeted out where the quote from Doc was just like, I came to the conclusion at the end of the game that we were not good enough to beat Miami. It's like, yeah, I guess after you got eliminated by the Heat, I would conclude the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I think we all concluded that, Doc. Congratulations. Yeah, you're, y'all aren't as good as the Heat. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's weird what's going on with Doc, right? It, it seems like every other press conference, he's kind of fighting with the media for his, you know, uh, his legacy. Hey, don't don't doubt what I, Doc Rivers, have done in my career. What, didn't he say tonight, hey, when I came here, people didn't expect anything from Philly, and now look where we are. It's like, uh, Doc. And B was number two in the MVP vote last year. <laughs> like, they made it to the almost to the conference finals last year uh it's crazy but man i like you said it feels like there's gotta be something's gonna happen with doc right and i don't really even think it's doc's fault i'm not coming out of this series feeling like man look at how much doc messed this one up like i don't see how firing doc rivers is the way to kind of solve what's going on in philly but it feels like somebody's got to be the scapegoat because it just it's just another ugly ending for this team in the playoffs and it just seems like it's like over and over again with this team yeah, I mean Doc has to be your scapegoat if you're gonna if you're gonna escape some goats just because can't be Harden because you have to keep Harden. I think they want to hope he takes his PO. I mean I don't know it's tough because it's like you want his contract to end as early as possible when you extend him, but also you probably want another year just to see like does he actually have it and then maybe you actually do just walk away at that point or you trade him next year or whatever. I mean the whole thing with Doc has always been he doesn't really take public accountability and that just drives everybody crazy. And he was great at that in this after this game. And he just he pisses everybody off. And that team is in need of some sort of rejuvenation to a degree. And they need just a better offense. Like they just have never been able to really utilize their offense. They leaned offense by getting Harden in there. 
And it just wasn't really working at all, even though statistically the pick-and-roll duo with Joel Embiid has been really good at least. So at least they have that. But they just didn't really figure it out. Hey, maybe it's different if Embiid's healthy and doesn't literally break his face and like mess up his hand or wrist or whatever and you know just like is able to play at an MVP level. It probably would have been a lot different. But the problem is it didn't happen, and uh, they've kind of run out of time. I think at this point we kind of just have to expect that something to happen with Joel in the playoffs. Uh, I don't even know if you can say if Joel didn't. You, you just got to include that in the equation when it comes to Philly and just kind of figure out around whatever is going to happen with it. He's going to get sick. He's going to hurt his thumb, his face, whatever. Uh, but I think we also got to mention something that hurt their offense in this game was losing Danny Green in the first quarter. And B falls into his leg. It looked like it may be a serious injury for Danny Green, which was really tough to see, man. Uh, a solid vet, you know, had a huge game for them. I think it was what, game three or game four. Just a really good piece for that team to kind of space the floor. And when he went out, the heat was just like Matisse Tybo. He, he doesn't exist. They, they didn't even try to guard him in the second half. We should just mention, you know, Danny Green at this point in his career having this type of injury is just really tough because, you know, you got to think it's going to take away some of his next season, right? And I think he's going, you probably know this better than me, I believe he's a non-guaranteed uh, expiring contract next year for Philly. So maybe they try to get off of him. Uh, but I think that's a guy that you want to play with Joel Embiid and James Harden. So, yeah, that's another big loss for this team. I, I would be shocked if he's there for opening day next season. So they got to figure that out now to get one more shooter, one more veteran guy in the building. And it's just something else for Daryl Morey and Eldon Brand to deal with in this offseason when they're going to have plenty on their plate already. Yeah, so Danny Green, he'll turn 35 in June. His contract is completely non-guaranteed, I believe, next year. So he's out in Philly, like, if he tore his knee, which it looked like. And Woj, I think it was the first one I had it saying, fear is a serious knee injury. I don't think Woj was putting that out unless they told him it's probably a torn knee. So it's probably it for him in Philly. That's too bad. I really hope he's able to at least come back from this and finish his career out like pretty legendary. What's it legendary? Like a great memorable career. One of the important role players of the 2010s for sure. A ton of big shots in that dude's, you know, history, you know, championship with the Lakers, championship with the Spurs, of course. Uh, and like I said, man, he would have been a really good fit with that team next year if you're going to have kind of that James Harden, Joel pick and roll as the base of your offense. Him hitting those corner threes is going to be huge. And, and we saw tonight, Tybo, teams just don't respect him. So that's going to be tough to find another shooter. So, yeah, Philly didn't stand a chance in that one against Miami. So let's go over to the Western Conference. Phoenix Suns went to Dallas. Chance to close it out. And they got destroyed. 113-86. to 86. Dallas win absolutely eviscerated them late in the second quarter. Really held strong in the third quarter and then just ran away with it. Very late in the end here to make it a huge blowout. But Luka Doncic, he came through. He had 33 points, 11 boards, and eight times and only one turnover for Luka. I just thought this was a really disappointing performance for Phoenix. And maybe my expectations are a little too high for this team. I, I've been kind of singing their praises, you know, over and over again, thinking that they're the, the favorites to win this thing. And maybe they still figure it out. But I feel like this is if you're uh, the title favorite, I feel like this is the type of game you go into game six and handle business. Right. Uh, you saw them do that against New Orleans in the first round. Phoenix came to New Orleans. Had a tough game, but they figured out how to close it out in the fourth quarter and win. That's what the great teams do. And they just didn't have it at any point tonight. Dallas just kind of beat up on them, made a bunch of shots. Phoenix shot 40% from the field, 
Chris Paul was kind of just non-existent once again in Dallas. That's three straight games in Dallas where CP was a non-factor. So, yeah, and now you're going to game seven against Luka Doncic. So who knows what's going to happen? He might come out and have like 55 in Phoenix, and that's kind of the position you put yourself in when you kind of lay an egg the way Phoenix did tonight. So I think it was a really tough performance for them. Yeah, bro, Chris Paul hasn't taken double-digit shot attempts in four games. It's crazy. Like, I know that he is not supposed to be driving the scoring and he's an elite playmaker, but he only had four assists and he had five turnovers. Devin Booker had eight turnovers, 22 turnovers for the Phoenix Suns, seven for Dallas, 29 to six turnover point advantage in favor of Dallas, which is pretty close to the actual difference in this game. A lot of that goes back to CP, right, and the way he controls the offense. And I think we just got to say it, man, that the entire course of the Western Conference playoffs has changed because of Jose Alvarado. He completely wore down CP. We saw one CP in the first round. Jose Alvarado put his hands on CP, and he's been a different guy ever since. So I think Dallas should just go ahead and send some thank you mail to, to Jose Alvarado for what he's done to turn CP into what he's been these last four games. Yeah, I probably should have mentioned off the top, uh, Will covers the Pelicans for the Athletics, so we had to give an Alvarado <laughs> shout-out in there. So, Game 7, who do you got? I'm still believing in Phoenix. I'm going to you know, go down with the ship. I still think this team is great. I still think this team can win the championship. Maybe Chris Paul shows up at some point, but I believe in them to win, and I think uh, it's going to be scary to see Luka, man, but I think they're going to figure it out. Yeah, me too. I mean, Spencer did what he going five for seven. That's the kind of stuff that gives you those kind of wins. I mean, they Dallas was 16 for 39, 41% from three, six for 18, only 18 three-point attempts for Phoenix. CP had three threes that he hit. And then there's only three other guys that didn't even hit one. It was just like a horrible, horrible, horrible shooting night. They, they didn't they didn't win the ball while they turned it over a ton. I do trust Chris Paul and Devin Booker to be able to control the game and get it done in that one. Uh, but I would not be shocked if Luka had 40 and 10 and Dallas wins anyway, which would be insane. I don't understand how Dallas is this good. I guess Luka really is that good. That's going to do it for us here. He's Will Guillory. He covers the New Orleans Pelicans for The Athletic. I'm Jared Weiss. I cover the Boston Celtics for The Athletic. He's Brian Smith. He produces podcasts for The Athletic. And this is the Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding.